שלום וברוכה, חודש טוב, בעזרת השם, let's hope it'll be a good, a good month, מנחם אב בעזרת השם. We're going to go a little into something pretty amazing. There's like a code, a sisma in Hebrew. There's a code, you can, a pattern, you can see in the Tikkun HaKlali, on Pshat even, without going into Kabbalah and Sodot. There's like a message that Rabbi Nachman, Rabbeinu, gave to us in the Tikkun HaKlali. And if you think about it, it can help a lot in the push of number one, saying the Tikkun HaKlali, and what it's meant to do. So first of all, the whole idea of a tikkun, a tikkun that has, something has to be rectified. When you say a tikkun, that means there was damage done. Now, normally, the damage done where we, we want to have rectified is at its root. The root of all damage done is in the moach, in the mind, the brain. That's where the damage was done and that's where it has to be fixed and cleansed. So this is why Rabbi, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman says, Rabbi Nu says in this lesson that we're working on, lesson Reish Hay, 205, that the Da'at, the knowledge, has what's called five chasadim and five gvurot. It's pretty long, it's, <laughs> it's complicated a bit, but you have five categories of chesed, which kindness, and five categories of gvura, which emanate from the dat, and they go down the first five of the, la- of the, of the lower seven sfirot. So you have, for example, chesed of chesed, gvura of chesed, okay, tiferet, chesed of tiferet, chesed of ahod, chesed of netzach, okay, to get to yesod and malchut. It's levels of energy of kindness, and energies of gvura, because always there has to be a balance. You can't have always too much on one side. Too much chesed is not good. Too much gvura is not good. So you need a balance of chesed and gvura. And there's five because they alternate, they change, not alternate, but they alter their attitude when they dress up on a level of a sphira. So for example, in the, in the tiferet, there's attitudes of tiferet. Now, when, with that attitude, we want to put some chesed in it that it's more positive and blessing and abundance. Tiferet means splendor, for example. So the chesed of Tiferet will enhance it with a lot of expansion and wow and appreciation and everything. Gvura of Tiferet is, again, splendor, but with limitations, not too much, because we're worried that it'll just over, over, overboard a person might be misled. So you have the, the, it takes on characteristics of those five spirits, but there's five in total. So Rabbi Nachman, Rabbeinu teaches there that that's why the rectification has to equal the number 10. Because you have five and five here, and they're coming from what's called the Da'at, they're coming from the knowledge, so rectification has to be 10. This is why he said 10 kapitlech of Tehillim have to be said in order to fix the five and the five, because we're concerned of fixing the damage at its root, which is that. The damage caused, if we're going to be more specific, by Pgama Brit, has to be the damage where the, the, the effect of the damage is in the, in the root, in the dot. So what we have to do is to reactivate fixing it. So now, Rabbeinu, Rabbi Nachman, picked 10 specific kapitlech. And you can always ask, you know, what, what's so special about these 10? And for sure, there's a lot of sodot and everything. We can't go that deep. But on a simple level, there's something unbelievable that Rabbeinu reveals in the order of the 10 chapters when you see it, you pick it up, you appreciate it much more, okay? So let's go through the 10 chapters using the major mefarshim, how they explain what's called the general theme of the 10 kapitlech. You have general themes, okay? Like the, the Malbim will give a theme, the, the Gra, the, you know, the Ibn Ezra sometimes, Rashi, the Meiri, they give, they give specific hakdamot uh, to explain the theme. Where it's nicely put out in English, the art scroll, English Tehillim, <laughs> they have a nice summary of each chapter. And also you have editions of, of Tehillim, Rav Shech to put out now his own Tehillim, and you have uh, Tehillim and Mevu'ar, you have all these Tehillim books where they try to explain you a summary of the chapter. And even the standard Tehillim that we've been using for years, uh, Bloom, for example, has like one or two lines of what this chapter is about. If you look at that, you see something amazing. So let's take a look, okay? And you'll see the pattern. 
and what it's re- to represent and how all of life, the whole struggle of your life is hinted to in this pattern found in the 10 Kapitlech of the Tehidim. So, Tetzayim, Michtam LeDavid. So, Michtam LeDavid, the commentary say this is the capital of Anava, of humility. Where do you see that? So, Michtam, it's a type of song, but also it's like a type, it means like a crown also. Ketem, it's a crown, Rashi says. That uh, David Melech, he's a king, Michtam LeDavid. And what does he say? All of a sudden, Hashem, I have nothing. Hashem, I... I, I'm protect me. I'm a king. I should have the attitude of a king, power, authority. Immediately, Michtam leDavid. What's the kingship of King David? How is he going to say the song of kingship? He quickly hides himself. Shamer Nikel, I have nothing. Shamer Nikel, kichasidibach. He says, right? Likdushim Hashem Aretzem. I don't trust. I don't hold on. I don't rely on myself. Rather, likdushim Hashem Aretzem. Avadirei kol chetzivam. Okay. Bal alecha. Tovati bal alecha. I can't rely on my good good deeds by you. I can't rely on them to save me and to, to guard me. I rely on those who, the tzaddikim who passed on. Okay? The whole, the, the, the theme is humility, anava. This is the opening of the Tikkun Akali, is the idea of humility. Just by the way, Rabbeinu, he revealed this, ten, the 10 specific kapitlich of the Tikkun Akali in the year 1810, right before he passed away. And he took two Edim. He took Rav Naftali, and Rav Aharon. You would think that he would take his closest disciple, Rav Nosen. And he waited. Rav Nosen knew that Rabbeinu had written down already what are the ten specific chapters already. And, and Rav Nosen was hinting to the Rebbe, maybe it's the time to reveal. He said, the time will come, the time will come. He purposely waited. Rav Nosen left. Breslev went back to Nemirov. And then, in that time span, Rabbeinu revealed it. You know, where, where's Rav Nosen? So Rav Nachman Burstein would say that Michtam is Gematria 500. 40, 70, 400, another 40. That's 500. And that's Gematria Nosen also. Nosen is also 500. Rav Nosen is not an ed, a testimony to the Tikkun Akali. He's Mamash a part of the Tikkun Akali. We'll see now why. This chapter is Anava, Tetzayim. Okay? That's what the Mepharshim said. The next chapter, Lamid Bet, is probably the most important chapter of the whole Tikkun Akali. It's the first capital, 32, which talks about tshuva. You won't find tshuva spoken about in any capital from number one until 32. The first one is 32, okay? And that's what he says, the, the secret of tshuva. Ledavid maskil, ashrei nesui pesha, fortunate is the person whose pesha, his rebellious sins, we went into this last week, right? The ones whose pesha pshaim are lifted up, ksui his sins, his shogeg, his unintentional sins are covered up. The theme, all the Mepharshim say, is tshuva. This is the most important because the key of the Tikkun Aklali is doing tshuva. That's the goal. The goal is to do repentance. So ideally, this should have been the opening chapter of the Tikkun Aklali, but that Michtam David, which is humility, comes first, shows you something amazing, that a person can only get rectification only get tshuva if he has submission. The person comes always with the attitude that he's okay, he's alright, and even with the self-confidence and attitude, but he doesn't submit himself, you know, <laughs> who am I? Hashem, I, I'm, I'm ups- I, I have nothing. The person doesn't have submission, you cannot begin the tshuva process. So, michtam leDavid, which is Rav Nosen's indicator, Rav Nosen is the, why was Rav Nosen so zoche to receive from Rabbeinu? and transmit Rabbeinu's teachings in a format that it's alive until today and we're hoping that this fire is going to bring Mashiach and we see that the world is being totally amazed slowly by the teachings of Rabbeinu and now even more so Rav Nosen's teachings because of how he opens up the world of Rabbi Nachman's teachings on, on, on bigger dimensions we see Rav Nosen is doing an amazing job in spreading Rabbi Nachman's healing in his teaching to the world now so his thing, Rav Nosen's thing, like Rabbi Nachman writes was that he had tons of anava. He recognized, as, as great as he was, he was a big Talmud Chacham, he was the son-in-law of Dovid Tzvi Orbach, he was fluent in all the seven wisdoms before he came to Rabbeinu. Seven wisdoms is mathematics, geometry, poetry, the seven chokhmot they're called, in the world. The Torah uses them also. Rav Nosen was a mumche, he was a master in all the seven chokhmot, okay? In writing, he had, he had this before he came to Rabbeinu. 
he was wealthy, Tamit Chacham Yuchas, but he felt like they say in Yiddish, Ashtika Blota. He felt like a piece of gist of earth, and he felt so far from Hashem. This was his prerequisite to be able to receive more than anybody else from Rabbeinu and to give off this light. So Anava is always prerequisite for tshuva. That's why Michtam le David, which is humility, comes before Lamid Bet, with the capital on tshuva. The Zohar, where the Zohar speaks about the ten types of song. This is Parshat Vayikra, I think, page Kuf Aleph in the Zohar. So the Zohar talks about Yom Kippur there, that it's the tenth day of the month of Chi Tishrei. And then it all of a sudden, without any connection, goes into the ten types of song, which is used to make the Sefer Tehidim. As is brought down in the Gemara, they say, as is brought down in the, the words of the Chachamim, it's referring to Psachim, Dav Kuf Yudzayim. Okay, and it goes mentioning the, the ten types of the song. And then, it, all of a sudden, Tnan, the Zohar, goes in to explain the, this verse from chapter 32, the first verse from chapter 32, and that's it. After it goes into the verse, it goes on to talk about other things in the Zohar, whatever. But it went from Yom Kippur, the tenth day, which is Kapara, the ten types of song, and then into this Mizmor, which we know is one of the ten types of Kapitlach that Rabbi Nachman picked out, and this is the main chapter on Tshuva, by the way, okay? Uh, just the insight is unbelievable. I'll, I'll share with you the insight from the Zohar. I'm going to go off a little, and then we'll go back. The Zohar says like this, and asks a good question. Le David Maskil, fine, okay? To, to, to David, a type of song called the Maskil. Ashrein, fortunate is the person who's Nesui Pesha, Kesui The Zohar asks, Pesha in grammar is written in, the, in singular. Pesha, Chata'a is singular. Nesui can be understood as plural. They are covered up. And then you said singular Pesha. Kesui is plural. Them, them covered up. Chata'a, one sin. It could say Kase or Kasa'a in Dikduk in proper grammar. It could say the singular term. Why is it plural? So the Zohar says something unbelievable. And with this, it's amazing Chidush. My hairs are standing already on this Chidush, okay? The, um, the Zohar says that you have certain Rishayim Gmorim, complete Rishayim. They come before the Beidin Shalmala. They come before the heavenly court. And the heavenly court deems them to Kafakela. Not even Gehinam. There's nothing to clean. They're so completely wicked. There's no good. So therefore, they're tossed into Kafakela, which is a eternal uh, punishment forever. No end. Okay, so the Zohar asks on the spot, you can't have though a Rasha Gamur that didn't do one or two mitzvot in their lifetime. Come on. There has to be some mitzvot. Even a Rasha Gamur, we call him Rasha Gamur because his mitzvahs are so insignificant, insignificant compared to his bad deeds. So the Zohar says yes. So what do they do with the Beit Din Shamala? Because you, you can't just destroy the good deeds that he did. He did good deeds. So they take his good deeds and they bedafka, specifically give his good deeds to a tzaddik. This is the word the Zohar. You can see it inside if you want. To a tzaddik who passed away early, before his time. And because he wasn't been able to mashlim, complete more mitzvot and more masim tovim like he would have wanted to. So they give this tzaddik who passed away early the good deeds of the rasha. And it completes that tzaddik. That answers the question. Kesui. It's covering up more than one. Initially, this, this, the, the Nesui and Kisui covering up the sin, which is a mitzvah. Nesui Pesha, covering up the Pesha, which is something good. It's in plural because originally it was supposed to cover up. The, the Zohar says the mitzvah of the Masim Tovim are like garments. Okay? Originally it was supposed to cover up the Rasha. It didn't do a good job. So it goes now to cover the Tzadif. That's why it says Kisui in plural. Because it's covering up, number one, the Rasha, but it's not doing the job right, so it goes to the Tzaddik. It can be compared to that all the good deeds of a Rasha is like a knepel, a little button, okay? And the Tzaddik who passed away young, with his mitzvot, he made already a jacket, he's missing a button. So this Rasha Gamur, they take the button from the Rasha Gamur, and it goes on the Tzaddik, and now he has a proper vestment with one button now, complete. Now the whole garment is complete. This is what the Zohar says, okay? So that explains Kisui Chata. And the Zohar goes in to say this is connected to the ten types, of, uh, ten types of song, okay? With this, just on the side, you can understand the amazing Sicha from Sichot Aran in the beginning, where Rabbeinu says, it talks about the idea of drinking and eating, couple chapters of Mishnah, 
and chapters of Tehillim, and he says there in that Sicha, in the beginning of Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, that you have certain Rashaim who are have no good and they're deemed for kafakela, comes along a tzaddik and he puts on his garment of good deeds on the rasha and the heavenly court they start to complain to the tzaddik what are you doing? It's not, that's not right this is a rasha gamur he has no merits no schuyot what are you taking your garment and putting on him? and Rabbeinu brings the analogy that the tzaddik says in front of the Beit Din Shemala. he says surely you know that when a big minister a big adon a big wealthy man he has to get something from another wealthy aristocrat or governor. So he sends his messenger with the wagon and the horses, the carriage, to, to bring the item. And, and he needs it immediately. And he sees the, the, after an hour that the, the messenger didn't go yet. He said, why didn't you go yet? I told you to go. I need this item immediately. He says, look at me. I'm not dressed properly. I have no proper clothing. He says, there's no time for this. Take my... My, my jacket, the, the jacket of the, of the minister, of the, the governor, whatever, go quickly and bring it, I need it. So the tzaddik tells the Beit Din Shemala, I need this rasha to do something for me right now, and I'm giving him my garment, I, he can't go naked, he has to go with my garment. This Rabbeinu says in Sikhot this fits in perfectly with the Zohar. The Zohar says, there are tzaddikim who leave early, we know from how Rav Nassim explains Rabbi Nachman's path, passing, that he left early. He says many times in Lashon Rav Nosen, in Yimei Moranat, in other books, Tafsu Lifne Hazman Ha'aronot HaKadoshim, they took away from us before their time. And Rabbeinu himself said, if you dive in strong enough, you can bring me back. He, on one hand, indicated his, his death is near, his passing is near, but on the other side, he indicated that if they dive in strong enough, they can keep him still for as long. And he says, it was, it was, a, it was already a miracle that I lasted another three years until he passed away in 1810. Okay? So here's a tzaddik, who passed away young, he takes from these Rashaim their good deeds, and there's now appreciation. There's a kesher between this tzaddik and this rasha. The tzaddik now takes his garment, which has like a button from the rasha gamur, and he takes the whole garment and covers up the rasha, and they say in heaven, what are you doing? He says, I need him for my shlichot. Why do you need dafka him? Because he has a, has, a, has a type of kesher. It was thanks to these rishayim, complete rishayim, were totally naked, no Torah, no mitzvot, no nothing. It's thanks to their good deeds that tzaddik completed, because they give, the Zohar says, they give specifically tzaddikim, because of midah, keneged midah, tzaddikim who passed away early, and they wanted to do more, and they couldn't do more, so they give those type of tzaddikim the garments of the, of the, of the rishayim. Okay, so that, that the Zohar says, all this, the Zohar says on kisui chata'ah, and to say that this pasuk is like powerful essence of tshuva, the secret of tshuva, for, and, and rectification, tikkun, for even the worst rishayim gemurim, and the Zohar gives them an opening from what, what it says here. Okay? So this is, this is Ladavid Maskil, which is really, should have been the opening of the tikkun aklali, but you need the prerequisite of humility. So humility is Mikhtam Ladavid, chapter 15, chapter 32 is tshuva. So the tshuva process begins with, 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 with chapter 32. Uh, Rabbi Nachman says, you'll see in lesson Reishay, that Ashrei, Nesui, Pesha is Rashay Tevot, Naaf, immorality. And we said last week's, last week's class, last class was unbelievable chidush, that here Rabbi Nachman hints to the big, big question mark in Breslev, is Tikkun HaKlali good also for Mezid, for intentional, or just for unintentional? Here, he makes it clear that it helps even for intentional sins. Intentional Averis Chasushalom. Because Pesha is not unintentional. Mikrelaila is unintentional. But Pesha is even worse than Mezid. It's rebellious. And Rabbeinu says, Ashrei Nesui Pesha, which stands for Naf Niuf, is rectified. Nichnai, he says there, is subdued to the David Maskin, through Tehillim. And he calls all of Tehillim Le David Maskil, because really this is the heart, this chapter, Lev 32, it's the heart of Book of Tehillim, and that it opens up the pathway of Tshuva, that even someone who did rebellious acts, Kesui the Tzaddik is able to transform the Mered, the Pesha, so the, the rebellious Avera, Kesui it's now covered up as unintentional. What does it mean, unintentional? What's needed to fix unintentional? Kharata. It's not like, okay, person will say, I'll do Averis, I'll say Tikkun HaKlali. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to have Kharata. If there's no Kharata, it's not going to work. We went into that in one of the classes. Fine. So, Rabbi Nachman calls the whole book of Tehillim, Hainu Tehillim, he says, the David Maskil. 
Because that's what the Zohar does. The Zohar, after mentioning the ten types of song, it goes into this pasuk, the David Maskil from chapter 32, to show that this is the criteria, this is the essence of all of Tehillim. Like Rabbeinu says, if you remember the Torah, it's a lesson in the Quran, that Tehillim opens the gateway to Tshuva. The last letters of that verse spell out Tehillim and Tshuva, which opens up the 49 gates, which are the 49 letters of the 12 tribes. These are the names of the 12 tribes, the tribes of the children of, his, of Yaakov who went down to, to Egypt. So he says, Tehillim opens the gate to Tshuva. The essence, the goal of Tehillim is Tshuva. That's the goal. Tehillim is good for all types of things, but the final Tachlit is to get to Tshuva. So that's 32. After 32, starts the Tshuva process. So uh, normally when a person starts his Tshuva process, which means in his life, he starts to really think about his purpose in life and to want to become a better person. The normal attitude is a person is hit with many obstacles. Chapter 41, which is right after 32, Fortunate is the one who's maskil eldal, who brings the maskil, the song, uh, intellect, who's, who's wise, he brings wisdom and intellect to the Dal. Dal, the commentaries say this verse is King David expressing thanks and help to be saved when being sick, physically sick even. Dal is like, you know, they say in Hebrew, low calorie. Dal caloriet. Dal, that when a person gets sick, they become skinnier. They less, they're eating less and everything. So Dal, the commentary says, we're a reference to someone who's sick. So King David is giving thanks that he was saved when being sick. But also the, the chapter of Tehillim is to help bring balance. When a person is sick, it's this chapter 41, which Rabbi Nachman picked out as the key for maintaining stability, even when sick, chas shalom. person, when he's sick, he begins to feel negative, begins to feel giving up, begins to feel futility, yeush. So this chapter corresponds to being sick, but being able to maintain stability and connection to Hashem, because the whole chapter talks about he's crying out to Hashem still, right? I'm still standing in front of you, Hashem, after everything I'm going through, and he's requesting to be helped, right? I should pay them back, those who are, who are happy that I'm getting sick and I'm dying, God forbid. So this is the chapter for healing, for, but it's a chapter of Psalms for when being sick. I can't say it's healing. It's when a person is sick, how to hold on, because this is part of the tshuva process. The person is hit with a physical sickness, and he's meant to feel, you know, there's so much to do now. Tshuva, 32. Humility led me to tshuva. Anava, because I want to receive. Always, when you see someone who makes a move, initiative, that's a sign that they have humility. Like they say, you have these people who are very wicked and very low and very far, and they come to a tzaddik. Why should they get a rectification? So the fact that they show submission and they bend and come to a tzaddik, there's hope for them. They said that also about the maskilim who came to Rabbi Nachman in Uman, right? The fact that they came to Rabbi Nachman, they came to him, shows submission, shows hope for them also. Okay? So there's humility, shuva, and then a person starts getting sick, God forbid. This happens, this and that. And there's a lot of obstacles. Because person wants to get a move. Now that I'm doing tshuva, I want to do tshuva. No, you have to wait. You have to be hit a little. God forbid. That's chapter 40, 41 on sickness. After that, and that closes book one of Tehillim. 42, is like you said earlier, the kisufin and yearning generated by the minyas. So this is the famous chapter. Everyone knows this chapter 42. All the commentaries say this is the chapter of King David's yearning. When will I see the Beit HaMikdash? You know, it's the yearning of a person who has obstacles and then they take off the pressure. When a person is sick, you can't, you can't, you can't have yearning. When a person is sick, God forbid, he's overwhelmed by the feeling of yeush and futility while being sick. Ah, oh, it's over. Ah, oh, I'll never get better. At the time of person sick, because of the pressure, he can't think clearly. When that pressure is removed for any obstacle, 
at that point, a person now can express his yearning. Because he sees now what was lost by the obstacle, by being sick, let's say. And now that that, that, that was removed, that pressure was removed, now he can express his yearning. So chapter 42 is the chapter of yearning, of Ratzanot and Kisufim. You go through the entire chapter, you'll see all the verses are in that direction. Okay? Matishtochachi nafshi. Keep on hoping, don't give up, you know. He's telling the soul, you keep on yearning, you're going to get to it, God willing. That's the main theme of, of chapter 42. Then, 59. So the person, he does a bit of yearning, a bit of kisufin, that's 42. Now, he gets into dangerous situations where he sees that they want to kill him. The sitra is after the person. He sees life Near, near death situations oh my, this almost happened in this and a person feels he has enemies whether it's physical enemies or even the spiritual enemies this is a chapter King David wrote right? that King, De- King Shaul was depressed he summoned David HaMelech to play the harp in front of him the way David HaMelech was playing the nigun because he's a master of the ten types of song, David HaMelech, when, that, when Shaul picked up how, how powerful the melody was, he felt clearly that David HaMelech was playing with Malucha, Malchut, meaning that he's fit for the kingship, meaning he's going to take away the kingship from me, King Shaul. So King Shaul, after hearing the music, he took a spear, and he threw it at King, King David, David HaMelech's head. He missed by an inch, killing him. David Melech saw this, that he's a wanted man. So he quickly left the palace. He ran to his house. His wife, Michal, the daughter of Shalom Melech, was with him at home and alone. They locked the doors. King, King Shaul sent his guards to, to surround the house and wait for in the morning that he comes out to go to David, obviously, and to kill him. So he knew their plan. They were waiting outside. So Michal, she made a rope from the back wall where there was no way to surround because the surrounding was in the front of the house. And he escaped from the back window. They didn't expect that he would do that. They didn't know that he was waiting. Okay? So he was saved from death. From Retzach. From being killed. So, Don't, don't, means don't destroy, don't kill. The David Michtam, also showing his, his kingship through this psalm. So this is when a person now starts a tshuva process. Ah, now you know what the purpose of this world is. Now we're going to attack you. The Yitzhah, the, the Shadim, whatever. They begin full force at a person. And the person is faced with this. And he says, all I want to do is to be a Jew. This is tshuva. This is the test. People reach this stage of <laughs> near-death experiences, whether physically or spiritually, where they feel that they're being totally bombarded by the evil side. So many people say, I don't need this then. If this is the tshuva process, and this, if this is the unfairity of doing tshuva, I'm not interested, I can't. He just expressed yearning. He's gone through a bit of sickness. He's gone through something already. This is due to the tshuva, Psalm 32. Humility leading to the tshuva, Psalm 16, okay? But now he gets to the stage, it's very hard. People, they drop it at this point. But David Melech is giving in this chapter balance to handle even these situations. When you go through the verses in this chapter 59, again, he's turning to Hashem's kindness and also destroy my enemies. Kale bechema, kale venemo, destroy them, they should be no longer. And they should know that the Lord is Moshe on Yaakov, the, the low Jews, the people Yaakov is Ekev in the hill, the Jewish people, but when they're in a low situation, those who are big zeros like me, he's saying, that I, I'm on the bottom now because I'm trying to do the tshuva process that I still Hashem is ruling over them and nobody else and therefore there's hope even from near, near death situations where a person feels their life is like hanging by a, a hair's breadth in, in dangerous situations not sickness, not like not God forbid machalot, that was the first one that's where a person is afflicted with their body here it's external, people people or klipot, you feel it that they're trying to attack you, that's 59 okay? doesn't stop there. person passes 59. He gets to Ayin Zayin. You see, right now, it's three chapters, one after the next, with different difficulties, and no break in between. So this is the big test of life, are these three chapters. Chapter 59, 
chapter now uh, 77 and chapter 90. What's chapter 77? Chapter 77, King David is crying over the Galut. The Galut, okay? He says, I remember my nigun while in darkness. I'm in, I'm in exile. Right, I'm looking for the rule. I'm in, I'm in galut, meaning it's darkness. So a person passes the first stage of near death. Then he feels the darkness of galut now, of exile. Hashem, look what I went through. But I barely survived. That's the chapter 59, death. And all this because I'm in Galut. You know, if, if Hashem were at Beit HaMikdash, if we had your light shining upon me, I'd be able to hold on. But now, even though I come out of this, I'm still faced with the Galut and the exile, and I can't handle this. So chapter 77 is his, the, uh, the, the coordinate to be able to maintain balance while being in Galut. Okay? Galta Bizra Amecha Yosef Yosef he goes into, but Hashem, you did save the Jewish people in the past, and he goes into leaving the leaving Egypt, splitting the Red Sea, right? That's now leaving Egypt. And So there's hope, you just like you saved the Jews from leaving Egypt through faithful shepherds like Moshe and Aaron. Aaron's outside is today. We forgot about that, right? So with that, he ends this chapter that is hope still that I just, if I maintain, then Hashem will come just like He saved the Jews out of Egypt, He'll come to save me also my personal Galut. That's 77. 90 is really tough. 90 was written by Moshe Rabbeinu, Tefillah Moshe Yishalokim. And this is the people begin to feel already Yehush. When people already, God forbid, are already at despair, Right, our days are 70, maybe maximum 80, and they're filled with pain. Right, and I, and and I, I, there's nothing left of me, Hashem. I've been finished off totally. He goes into complaining, complaining, or expressing how so much of my life is past, and I've still gone nowhere. I'm still nowhere. I'm the majority of my life. I had a friend, I have a friend who's a doctor, and he treats a lot of religious patient, patients, and he had once an older chassid come to him, not a breast liver, obviously, and he asked him, how's it going? And he said an expression in Yiddish, eh, I'm rubbing the binkle. I don't know how he said it in Yiddish. I'm rubbing the binkle, I'm rubbing the, in other words, I'm just sitting down, just doing nothing with my life, rubbing the binkle, rubbing the, I'm rubbing the, the, the chair, that's all. I'm just sitting on the chair doing nothing with my life. And there's a guy like in his 50s or 60s, whatever, old already. And Meyuash, totally given up. I was yesterday in Meron. And while there, someone heard me talking in English. A guy from Mansi, typical guy. You can see from his accent that he grew up like Satmar or something at the Burich. But dressed very, very like, uh, not modern, but you know, like a Litvish style, black and white regular. Yeah, pierced behind the ears, you know, trimmed beard, white and black, you know, fine. And he was telling me of his fear of going to Uman because it's a commitment, and then if you don't go all the way, then you're going to crash. And he said like this to me, he said, someone who doesn't give up in this world is crazy. Someone who does not give up is, is, is not normal. It's the way of life, everybody gives up, you know. I'm hearing this, <laughs> I'm listening to this, what is, you know. This guy hasn't been scared to go to Uman because it's a commitment, right? And he had a son who fell off the path and he's broken. He said, I sent him to Uman and uh, look what happened to him and everything. He wants to, you know, say, it's a, it's, it's all, it's, Rabbi Nachman is very difficult. It's all or nothing. He takes you, he starts, and then you can't go back. That's it. Once you're in, that's it. You're in all the way. And if not, then you get hit left and right because you have to shape up, okay? So he said, look, people can't handle that. People are miwash, so I'd rather not Rather, take it easy, not to, not to get in. He says the Hasidic expression, once you touch the tear, the door handle, you heard this expression in Yiddish? Once you touch the, the door handle of a Rebbe, that's it, you're, 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 there's a commitment. You're, you're, you can't now go back afterwards. That's it. Once you open the door with the handle, there's a commitment. He said something in Yiddish. I forgot what he said, okay? But what's the point? Is people have the attitude of Yehosh. Unbelievable. Moshe Rabbeinu is addressing that. And this is the hardest of the three. Of these three, near death, I was almost killed. I made it. The Galut, I'm trying my best to hold on. 
But now, even after the galut and everything, and I'm still standing on my feet, there's now, what, what's with my life? I'm, I'm going to be in the earth soon. What am I taking with me? What have I done? What have I accomplished? That's the difficulty expressed by Moshe Rabbeinu here. But it's, right, let everything I've done, should be established for me. In other words, it should be enough that there's not Yush. And also for him, okay. So, so this is how Moshe Rabbeinu leaves off. So we have three difficult chapters within the ten. So what I didn't explain, I'll say now, is the Tikkun Klali is made up of five and five. There's five to counter the Gvurot of that we said, and five of Chesed. You will see in the Tikkun Klali five ch- chapters which are upbeat which are moving, which are positive. So far, we have three. We have from the Abbit. We have the first one, Mikhtam the David, which is humility, which is Abbit. It's positive. There's no obstacle there. Tshuva, 32, the David Maskil, Abbit, to do Tshuva now. I want to come back. Ki'ayal Ta'arok, to express my yearning, 42. The yearning desire, that's Abbit. But we had also difficult ones. We had the one about sickness, chapter 41. We had the one about near-death experience, being killed almost, that's 77. And we have, God forbid, the Yush, which is 90, comes now 105. After these three difficult ones, David Amalek starts, Hodul Hashem, giving thanks. For what? Unable to bring in the Aaron HaKodesh back to Yerushalayim as a preparation for Hanukkah Tabayit. This, this chapter was written when David Amalek was singing He was wearing the white linen garment and dancing like a simple person out of joy in front of the inauguration of the Sefer Torah that was coming back. So this was written then, Hodul Hashem, Kiru Vishmo, that we're, all, we're able to bring the Aaron back home, bring it home now. In other words, the idea, Hachnasat Sefer Torah is a joy, that wow, I'm able now to bring the light of the Torah into my house, into my house, I'm bringing it in. This is the idea of chapter 105, that after these three, if you hold on after 70, 50, 59, 77, 90, you get to, wow, accomplishment in a sense. And thanking Hashem, the Torah is by me. I'm bringing, Hashem is showing me the Torah is by me. I'm able to bring it in. We're now preparing for the Beit HaMikdash. So this is the idea of 105. Upbeat, with joy. You know, um, it's broken in two parts. That's why we have, it's similar, this chapter, to what we say in the Mshachris, Hodu. It's not word for word the same thing. It's, 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 this is from Divir Hayamim, and one is from the, the, the I think Shmuel uh, Bet, the, the wording there. I have, to, I have to remember where the word's from exactly. Divir Hayamim, and I think it's Shmuel Bet, when he was inaugurating it. But the other half was added afterwards, and it was, in the Beit HaMikdash, it was originally said in the afternoon. From Uvin Vi Al Tareu, we have all these psukim about the kindnesses that Hashem did, starting from Yosef going into Egypt, becoming king, Yaakov coming down to Egypt, and then multiplying, becoming so big, the Jewish nation, and then the Egyptians being disgusted by the Jews, wanting to do them bad, and then Moshe Rabbeinu coming to, to save the Jews, bringing the ten makot into Egypt, and then they're coming out, and then Hashem giving the man, the slav, the, 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 the be'er, the water, the clouds, everything taking care of them in the, in the desert, until finally they come to inherit the land of the Goyim and they come into Eretz Yisrael. So this is coming back home. This is like the psalm that Hashem is letting me bring the Torah, let me come to Eretz Yisrael. It's very upbeat and it's long because it has to counter the difficulties of the three previous chapters of 59, 77, and 90. That's why it's so long. By the way, there is a sicha, uh, oral Sicha from Rabbeinu. I think it's in Sikh Safra Kodesh, but now they've upgraded it, so I don't know where it is anymore. An upgraded edition. That Rabbeinu says, really, for this chapter, it's enough to say, I think, until Uvin Vi'ay Al Tareu. But since you're ready, because that's the initial writing of King David for the inauguration of the, of the Sefer Torah when he came back. But, he, but he's, Rabbeinu said, but since you're saying the chapter, it might as well say the whole capital. It's like the second part. Is not necessarily necessary for the tikkun. It's the mainly it's the first part. Hodul Hashem Kiru because it's just praising. So it's upbeat. So now after that, we have chapter one thirty-seven, Al Narod Bavel, which is very painful. This is mamash. We spoke about being in Galut, bringing the house. That means having your personal Beit Hamikdash built. 
that Hashem gives you in your life a period, like it's the golden years of life, where you feel like you're building a house, you're building a family, things are amazing, things are now pr- progressing, and all of a sudden, boom, Chorban Beit HaMikdash, Kuflam Zayin, Al Narod Bavel, something happens, and it takes a person right out. You see this happening to people, even physically. It's sad, it hurts to see this, but you see like uh, a family portrait, you see the father, the mother, or the nice Yiddish kinder and all that, okay? And then 15 years down the, the drain, it was a nice picture, they're divorced, the kids are off the path, and this, it's painful, okay? That's an extreme example, chas But what's the idea is that it's a nice family portrait, but it can't be maintained forever. There's a time, then it, it's, it's a period of time where you're nurturing. You know, when a plant is growing, so it has to be watered properly, has to be protected properly, and then it grows and grows and starts producing fruits. It's a, it's a very time that we don't, we don't give that tree hard tests. You can't now expect this tree to go through thunder, thunderstorms and a lot of water and a lot of difficulties because it won't grow properly, it won't produce fruit properly. So more or less, there's a protection made by the farmers on those trees, on those initial years, yeah, like you see, when they grow a new tree, they attach another stick with another like rubber around it to help it that it grows straight. And they do all types of things to make sure that it grows strong. And then when it's finally fully matured, then it's ready to face the challenges. They take off everything, right? So too, a person now, there's a golden years of his life where he, you know, family and this and that. And there's Yerat Shemaim and there's Emunah. And all of a sudden, person gets hit with unexpected things. And Rabbi Nutam says that in Sefer Yashar, that a person eventually in life does have to get hit. Some people it's early, some people in the middle age, some people it's later on. But eventually it happens to everybody. And at that point, a person feels mamash choban beit hamikdash. And that's the chapter of Kufla Mezayin. Al narod bavel, sham yashavnu, gam bachinu, bezochenu etzion. I had everything. I had a house. I had nice little and everything was nice, the Shabbos table was nice, all of a sudden, this happened in my life, and this happened, and some, some relative, I'm just giving examples, not to wish this on anybody, someone passed away, and this happened, one, uh, the, uh, the wife started looking at the smartphones, I don't know, I'm just giving examples, I'm just throwing examples that we hear, of what's happening in the world today, that something came to ruin that, that like bite, building a home, this tore in my house, I went through so much ready to build it, and it's succeeding now, and all of a sudden a person feels everything was God forbid taken away, he feels that way, there was and he's in Bavel now, Bavel is Bilbul, confused, right, in it he's mourning over two destructions, in other words, even though I came back, still there was Edom afterwards, Edom means seeing everything all red, Edom is Adom, seeing everything red, Babel is Bilbul, confusing. That's the first, the first destruction of the temple. Second one, where everything is red, everything is God forbid, you, like finished. There's no, <laughs> I had everything, and everything was taken away. When, when I had chapter 59, 77, Sadiq, I'm still building. I don't have anything yet. I just started my Chuma process. I have maybe the yearning of 42, and that's about it. So I'm building. So I'm going through these challenges. Fine, I finally get to Hodu 105. Wow. Oh, I can be happy, I can appreciate, I'm so, uh, thank you Hashem, things are moving, things are developing, and then all of a sudden, God forbid, 137, person feels, it's not, the Galut is the effect of the, 137 is actually feeling the destruction, of, there was something here, it was taken away, Galut is, I'm just in so long in darkness, I don't like that, when it says the chapter on uh, Yedutun, right, on the Tzach on Yedutun, 77, is a person is so long in darkness, he has that, doesn't have that light anymore. You know, how can I, I expect him to hold on and have light? Give me some light so I can manage in the, in the Galut. Kufla Medzayin is what causes the Galut, is the actual Khurban Beit HaMikdash, where it was the biggest lights and everything was taken away from a person, God forbid, that's Kufla Medzayin. What's the remedy for that? The final chapter. The final chapter, Kufnun, Hallelujah, is the antidote even for Kufla Medzayin, where this Khurban Beit HaMikdash the antidote, see, it's ending always on a positive. We start with a positive. We start with Anava, Mikhtam le David, and then with Tshuva, Lamed Bet, Anava, Mikhtam le David, and the David Maskil, that's the beginning of Tikkun Akrali. And then we end also with positive. The whole theme, message of Hallelujah, 
is giving thanks to Hashem for everything. On every breath. After having Choban Beit HaMikdash, you would think, How, what can I do? Everything's taken away. So they tell you, give thanks for what was. Give thanks, and with giving thanks for, for, for what was, you can do Kol HaNeshama HaTahaliyah. So you have there 13 times Hallelujah, okay? And it counters, Rabbi Nu says, the Yelala. The Yelala of the Klippa. She, the attitude of the Klippa to get a person trapped is the idea of the howling, crying over the destruction. That's the, the howling over Al-Narod Bavel is the damage of Lamed Yud, Lamed Yud Tav. We have to counter it with Haleli, to give thanks. And it's 13 times. Why 13 times? So they give a few explanations. The one that shocked us is the 13 times correspond to the 13 Midot Shemachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy. Then after everything you've gone through, Choban Beit HaMikdash, you're in Bavel, you're in Adom, Edom. But if you notice, Hashem didn't wipe you out totally. You're still here. There's a reason why you're here. If Hashem really didn't want you, He wouldn't have left you still here hanging around. That you're hanging around, is that mean there's still something that Hashem wants you, there's still hope. And with that, a person can begin to think, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and He has 13, because the 13 attributes of mercy help a person in the different situations of the 13 attributes of mercy to be able to give thanks, to praise Hashem for everything, and, and, and it's, it's now uh, it's giving thanks everyone has to give thanks and everyone has what to give thanks about like it says in the Mishnah there's a Mishnah that says we give respect even to old Gentiles Goyim were old you have to give some type of respect to them why? because even though they're Goyim the fact that they're so old and they're still alive means they went through so much in life they can tell us of all the roller coaster they went through even as Goyim and they're still around at age 80 and 90, they have what to say. They have what to, they have what to say about the miracles of God in their lives. In other words, if, they are, if they're open, obviously, to that. They're open to see that there was amazing things happening, not normal, not, not, not at all understood at all, that kept them going and alive until that, that old age. So because of that, they, de- they deserve a certain amount of respect, even by Jews, to respect an old Gentile, just the fact that he's old, he went through so much and he's still alive, so that's a sign that there's what to give thanks. And that's what they say in the commentaries. Everybody has to praise Hashem. You have no excuse not to praise Hashem because they can't say that everything is... You talk, talk, talk to some people and they're so negative on the phone with you or they were talking to you, you begin to feel negative also. They make you feel so tisha be'av with their negativity. But you begin to wonder, so what's good in life? You know, you're just so negative, this and that. So why don't you just commit suicide, chas <laughs> When it's so bad, right? So they're, they're obviously there's something good. You just let it get out. They let it get out. But there's, there's the good side. And, and everyone has an obligation to give thanks, to praise. So this is like a code... Rabbeinu put in the Tikkun HaKlali, hidden in the Tikkun HaKlali, and we see it's the tshuva process, and he shows that the remedy for each stage of this tshuva process is in the book of Tehillim, in these sp- 10 specific psalms, being the key antidote for each situation. So the chapter Al Narod Bavel, for example, is the key to maintain for in Choban Beit HaMikdash, in expressing it, because again, it expresses revenge at the end. Ashrei, fortune is the one who will take your children and smash them against the rock. Right? At the end of Al-Nod Bavel. You should have revenge for what you did to me. It's like, I didn't give up. I didn't give in. You should get paid back for what you did. If I've given up, I won't talk like that. I only say that because I'm still standing and I want to see this revenge happen, okay? So it's the upbeat in Choban Beit HaMikdash. Every stage, every chapter is the key to hold on. But in total, there were five difficult ones. Again, the difficult ones we saw were again 41, 59, 77, 90, and 137. And the five chasadim in the Tikkun HaKlali is the first one, 16, 32, 42, 105, and 150. So you have five chasadim, five gvurot. There's a code here. Rabbeinu is showing us this is, like the, this is all of life in these ten chapters. This is life. This is the process of how 
a Jew goes through life. He goes through Anarot Bavel. He goes through Yedutu. He goes through Al Tashchet. Okay. He goes to Tefillah Moshe Ishaelokim, which is the you know it's a demand Ishaelokim. Fine, have dinim. He goes through the tshuva time, the humility time. This is the tshuva process. How to rectify the damage caused, God forbid, by pikamim, especially pikam abrit, is meant to affect this person's procedure and continuing. Because most people, when they get in the middle of this procedure, they stop in the middle. Most people give up already, or some people stop already after, uh, you know, by 41. By getting sick, they stop already. Some people almost being killed in the Holocaust, they stopped. Some people, other people stopped when in Galut, they can't stand the Galut, you know. They stopped there, they say, ah, as if I'm taking my davening, people stopped at Yehush Tzadik, right? Tzadik, people stopped at Kufla Zayin, they got so close. But when they had the Khurban, they just dropped it. So it's, what's the key to hold on? This is what Rabbi saying, the Tikkun Aklali. So with this in mind, Tikkun Aklali is something good to say every day because it gives you that balance to maintain in this. You don't know where you are in life right now. You don't know, are you in stage chapter, 15, chapter 16? Are you in stage 32? Are you in stage uh, uh, 41? You don't know where you're holding right now. And also... It could be you have a mini 10 within a part of your life. Now, at this age, Hashem decided to give you again another 10 stages now to go through again. You don't know where you're holding. But with Tikkun Aklali, the positive thing is it gives this thrust and koach and energy to maintain all these 10 scenarios of the Chuba process visit Hashem. So this is what we can see on a simple level. Something unbelievable. It was there along. No Kabbalah, no this. Just mefarshim on the Tanakh, on the Tanakh, on Tehillim, and you can see there's a pattern here, the pattern of tshuva that Rabbeinu is showing is hidden in the Tikkun Aklali, and this is why it's so important to say it with Hashem. So we should be zochet to be careful even more now to say Tikkun Aklali. When you have the theme of the, of the chapters in mind, and you say Tikkun Aklali with that, it's it's fireworks. <laughs> it's fireworks. It's unbelievable with Hashem. All right. We continue. I'm so excited to start thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I started with this, and when I when I saw this, the, already immediately, the, I I felt the the critical quality enhanced, enhanced. You begin to say it word for word. You can take time and take on the person has also has these Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. Yeah, within within each one, also within channel by within of the children, also within health issues. Okay, you know. Uh, dangerous situations where we're under attack and this and that and enemies in that you have the 10 right 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 that shows the importance of, of why they don't say it's not written anywhere to say it every day but a person has to be stupid not to say it every day because it's such a so it's such a benefit you're gaining so much from the wisdom all right